Hi, I'm Lisa Sini. And I'm Addie Sini. And we're here to talk to you about what's your next move. The guide to aging on your own terms. And in today's episode, we're going to teach you a little bit about who we are and how we got here. Um, and we're also going to teach you one thing that you can do today to have a better tomorrow. That's awesome. Yeah. So how'd we get here? If the thought of getting older stops you from living your best life, this is your ultimate guide in moving from fear to freedom. We know technology can allow you to age where and how you want with a higher quality of life. And we will teach and share with you what you should use and when. If you are aging or caring for someone who is, we're here to teach you the ins and outs of aging in place. Every episode is a personal guide to all the technology, design tips, and creative solutions you'll need to live your life to the fullest. Get ready to discover what is available and determine the resources that will best work for you. Move from fear to freedom starting today. Let's dive in. Well, it was a long road, wasn't it? It was a long <laughs> road. It was a long road. It's been a long taping. So um, how we got here, when I think back, it starts when my grandma turned 90 and we wanted to celebrate that and have all the family in. And we had this huge party. And at the end of the evening, I believe all the people had kind of left and my grandma was still hanging around and she started dancing and was dancing with us. And we were having just a blast with all the cousins. And the funny thing about it is my grandma was Baptist and she never danced. And so at that moment, I realized, "Uh oh, I have a problem. I'd always thought that mama and papa, grandma and grandpa would move in with us. I'm the eldest daughter, so it was my responsibility. And I realized at that point that grandma would have to move in with us as well. But I needed a different strategy. She wasn't going to be able to fit in that same floor plan. Yeah. So this all, you know, the the real beginning of the story is that you've been an interior designer for over 25 years, though, right? And uh, you have specialized in senior living facilities and Alzheimer's dementia care facilities. Mm -hmm. You are uh, an entrepreneur who owns her own company, a couple of, couple of companies, a little bit of a serial entrepreneur, right? A little bit. And um, so really the beginning of her story of loving the elderly people and learning about senior living design started 30 years ago. Right? Yeah. Somebody was asking me the other day, they're like, how'd you get into this? And I'm like, I don't know, because I really wanted to be a retail designer. I wanted to be a doctor at various times. I wanted to be all different things. And then I realized I just had longevity in my family. And the happiest times that I ever had was with my grandparents and great grandparents and being around family and friends. Sunday dinners, you know, whole summers down in West Virginia, traveling across the country. And so when the opportunity came to be able to design for seniors, I was uh, at a healthcare system previously, I jumped on it. I thought, here I could help make their days better for those people that didn't have family like I did. Yeah. And I think also, I mean, I've been incorporated into this world since I was about four weeks old uh, because my mom, when she wanted to show me off for the first time to non-family members, um, I was taken to an open house and a uh, grand opening of a senior living facility. So it's been in my blood since the beginning. Um, but I think I gained this real appreciation for her mission and, and what she serves when I was about nine years old, where I had to um, 
Well, I didn't have to. I wanted to uh, do trade shows. So basically, I would go and do the spiel um, of Mosaic, my mom's company. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a good trade off because I was uh, able to then go to all of the trade show booths and get all of the free stuff. Any squishy ball, any pen you could think of that flipped and made a cool thing. I was so excited about it. Well, let's be clear. You like little things and gadgets. Yeah, so exactly. It was so. a perfect thing. And Addie has always been great at talking to people and especially speaking to anyone that wasn't her age. Um, so it was a perfect thing. Plus, you get a lot of people at your trade show when you got a nine-year-old kid. <laughs> right? That, that yeah. can give the entire spiel about what we do yeah. and how we do it. Yeah. And I think also in that, I really learned um, that, you know, my mom was designing spaces um, that was for your soul, you know, and to make you feel good as a person. And everybody deserves that. Even mm -hmm. if you're in a senior living facility, even if you have Alzheimer's dementia, um, you deserve a space that makes you feel loved and makes you mm -hmm. feel comfortable. And uh, I really kind of learned about that through that process and also learned about the little salesman inside myself. <laughs> yeah, you really you really could do it. I think you know the mantra that I've always had and that we have at our firm here is that if I wouldn't put my grandmother there or my mom there then it's not good. Yeah. And that you know not everybody wants to be in a senior living and quite often a lot of people don't but if you do need to or you want to and you love to do that let's make it the best possible experience yeah and i think that you know encompasses a lot of what you did later on in your life starting about 15 years ago was that you realized that she was you know designing these amazing luxury resort style senior living facilities right and i I would want to live there. I mean, uh, practically anybody would want to live there because they were so beautiful. But um, she realized that most people still, you know, couldn't afford it, unfortunately. Um, and even if they could afford it, they still didn't want to go there. Mm -hmm. So um, she found this gap of how do we help people that, you know, want to stay in their homes for as long as possible um, and maybe don't have the options of um, redesigning everything. So what are, and so how she filled that was with technology, essentially. Yeah, technology right. and design um, kind of hacks. And, you know, went around and tried to figure out like, we're all meant to be in connection. And great design is good for everybody. So if I design something that's for somebody in a wheelchair or somebody that has arthritis, it's also good for my daughter that might be eight or nine. Uh, that might be short or, you know, not have the dexterity dexterity of an adult. So how do we make an environment that's good for everybody, that enables people, that gives them autonomy and freedom? Yeah. So and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about how you really started that journey with your own family? Well, I think, you know, part of it was I was always around my grandparents, great-grandparents. At one point, Addie, you had six great-grandparents alive. And that's pretty special. I don't think a lot of people can say that. I'm not talking grandparents. I'm talking great-grandparents alive. People that were actively engaged in your life um, and that you were named after. So um, <clears throat> having folks that were older and seeing what they were going through uh, was critically important. Um, I needed to be able to figure out how we were going to do things in a different way. And part of that was how I would handle my own family. 
You know, my grandparents, uh, her great grandparents would never even go to a senior living. I would have a grand opening and they were scared to death that we were going to trap them there, that it was all just a ploy. And I'm like, no, it's beautiful, please. I just want to show you. I was so proud of the work. But what I realized was there was a lot of fear in going off to senior living, even though the environments were so wonderful and I love them and we still do them today, but they're just not right for everybody. Yeah. So I do want to speak a little bit about the the beginning of my journey in loving um, older people, which I call them my old people because I was raised partially by my grandma. And, and so my mom can speak a little bit about what brought my grandma down to Columbus and, um, and what kind of kicked off this, um, whole investigation of multi-generational living, um, aging and plus technology and, and where that all started. Yeah, it was basically desperation. Um, so <laughs> I had started my own business. Um, Addie was very, very sick. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. But what they did know was that she was incredibly anemic. She was failure to thrive and she was allergic to like red dye, blue dye, corn syrup. Anything that tasted good. Anything basically. that tasted good. Right. Yeah. Chocolate. And at this devastating. Point, she's you're 25. <laughs> yep. 25 at this now. point, organic wasn't a thing. So um, I would have to go down to the local co-op, get her food, make her food, take her to the daycare. And I'd say, did she eat today? And they'd say, we offered. And I get these pictures that were just so pitiful. You would be like asleep on the table. You like you didn't have enough energy to even like sit up. And so I called my mom one night and uh, she was living a couple hours away. And I said, mom, I can't do this. I was crying and I'm not a crier. And I said, Addie's not doing well. And I either have to give up on my dream of having my own business or, you know, you have to help me because Addie needs you. And so she packed up her stuff and moved in with us. And my dad and her were, you know, good. They'd been married for tons of years. And my dad still had a couple years before he retired. And he agreed to just commute and see her only on weekends. And that's how it all started with my mom force feeding Addie oatmeal and all kinds of goodness and taking care of her. Yeah. So I have a really intimate, strong relationship with my grandma. She's was my best friend, still is my best friend. My, might sound pretty dorky, but uh, it's the truth. And also, you know, I'm I'm an old soul at heart. This yeah. could be due to them <laughs> hanging out with them. I, a lot I don't know. I, I think you have wisdom beyond your years, but I think you've always liked, you know, your seniors. They and and folks might think, oh, old people. That's like a derogatory term, and it's not. It is the most beautiful, wise. You know, in the rest of the country, they or world, they say elder. And that's really held up and esteemed. Mm -hmm. And I think when you say old people, like I love my old people. Because they're mine. That's, that's how I, I, I feel. And about they them. are. Yeah. They're your aged people. They're yeah. the people with wisdom yeah. that, that pour into your life. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so my grandma, she basically cured me through painstaking cod liver oil. Horrible. Ugh. Horrible. So Yuck gross. I, the, the day they came out with cod liver oil pills instead of the liquid form, I was singing hallelujah. Um, and I also took a lot of iron and, and she basically just forced me to eat. And eventually I got better. Yeah. It was um, a lot like a Little Rascals episode where Hattie would have to line up and take the spoonful of cod liver oil. And my mom used to say, oh, no, this has the lemon, lemon flavor in it. So oh. it's good. 
It and was never good. It was not good. But it was good for me, though. Yeah. Um, and I think so through that process, I not only, you know, was connected to seniors through my mom's business, but I was also heavily connected through just my own personal life. And I was partially raised by my grandparents. And this enabled me um, to have such compassion um, and also enabled me to be okay with and learn how to live with them when eventually they would move in with us. So yeah. So that circles back around to, you know, talking about grandma and dancing her butt off at her 90th birthday party. So when I thought through that, you know, my, my first thing was like, not like, oh, how awesome. My grandma's still vibrant and alive and really getting it. It was, oh, what am I going to do now? Like I had a plan. I was going to move my mom and dad in with us. I knew where the elevator was going to go. This house wasn't big enough. It was three stories, very thin. Um, it was not going to work. And at that point, my grandmother was living with my parents. So it wasn't like I could separate them out. So I remember kind of creating this kind of master plan in my head, which I normally do and don't tell people about. And then uh, driving my husband past one night and saying, hey, what do you think if we moved into this house and had my mom and dad and my grandma move in with us? And God love him. Like, I don't know very many people that would do this. He's like, I would love that. And I'm like, okay, all right. (laughs) Um, So then we put our house up for sale. We bought the other house. And then I told my mom and dad about it. And we had to break them into moving us all in and having four generations in one house. Yeah. So that's where we started the journey of learning about multi-generational living. So it was me, my brother, my mom, my dad, my grandma, my grandpa, and my great-grandma. Yeah. All living in one house. Well, and she had Alzheimer's. Yeah. So mix that in. Yeah, just yeah, just, just throw just that a right sprinkle in. of that. <laughs> yeah. And uh and that became our real journey to learning about all there is to know about aging in place technology. Um, because you were no longer having to just design for our family. You had to make a space that catered and that supported every member of the family, which is a really hard thing to do. Yeah. But I, I I didn't realize that there were so many other things besides design. And I thought I was going to be a smarty pants and come in and and do all the different design, you know, tricks and tips that I had done on senior living. And some of them just epically failed. Um, other things, I got to try out stuff that my clients would never allow me to do because they might think it's too risky or it wasn't this or it wasn't that. And that worked wonderfully. And so we got to, you know, really experiment with their permission, um, through cameras and floor plans and colors and lighting and security. And we used to get so many people that wanted to come through and tour the house, and because Addie was in vocal ensemble, you were in Young Life, you were in soccer. Jake was in soccer, Young Life, and band. So we had a ton of kids constantly at the house. And it was kind of disruptive to add adults through it. Kids were fine, but adults touring through was a little much for my grandma. So I wrote a book about it so that other people could learn what we did, what worked, what didn't work, what were the social issues, storage big one, uh, <laughs> huge one, huge literally, one. <laughs> you know, who owns a kitchen, big one, uh, what kind of technology we're going to try out and how it's going to get implemented. There were just so many, um, 
things that we learned and I wouldn't trade the whole experience for anything in the world. Yeah. And that, that brings it back to how, you know, you had started investigating all of this prior to moving your family in and you wrote a book called The Future is Here, um, which really incorporated a lot of this technology that she thought that um, senior living facilities should incorporate. And then got to test it out in our family mm-hmm. and uh, wrote Hive. And really, it encompassed all your skills of designing for people's souls um, and uh, acquiring and testing technology. And and But the most important thing also is that no matter what, at the end of the day, family matters a lot, yeah. right? Family matters and, and whatever you call family. So um, it might not be somebody that's related to you by blood. Um, it might be your local neighbor that you've grown up next to your whole life or somebody that's adopted you. Um, but family matters. Those people that we're connected to really matter and how we can take care of them and learn from them and support them at each each area of their life. Yeah, season. exactly. And so this just kind of summarizes all the things that we have gone through mm-hmm. um, and why we believe in the things that we believe in. I mean, one of our favorite things is bidet toilets, and yes. we've got plenty of funny stories about that. Um, but how do you integrate those things into your home? Um, how can you integrate it into your family's home, your your parents' home, your neighbor's home, um, and what it really is best for you? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's really where we thrive exactly as I think so. And and this whole podcast is about us sharing with you all of the things that we've learned along the way, the bad, the good, um, some new stuff that we're trialing out and some stuff that we're done. And then asking you what you want to hear and what you want answers to. And hopefully we can search out and find them for you. Yeah. And I, I did want to ask you, so what is one thing that they can do today that will help tomorrow? So I think uh, this is your homework um, <laughs> for the for the show is, you know, figure out how you can communicate and find out what people need before there's a crisis. Quite often, everybody that I speak to that's calling me, it's a crisis. Mom fell. Dad's in the hospital. My husband has MS. What do we do? How do we handle the bathroom? What kind of technology can I use? Do that and have the conversation before you have a crisis. And it starts today. It's just one phone call, one email, one letter. But I would challenge you to do that today. Is that it? I think so. All right. Well, thanks so much. If you enjoyed this episode, help us to share it with family and friends whom you think will benefit. If you value our content, give it five stars, please. And let's stay in touch. Follow us across all our social media and let us know your story so we can best serve you. Until then, keep loving each other. We'll see you in the next episode.